Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs Ask the Experts. My name is Marissa Morgan, and I'll be your show host. I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I want to welcome you to today's show. Everyone is really excited about today's topic. We've had an incredible attendee sign up for today's talk. So if you're joining us, I want to welcome you. We're excited to have you here. And I also want to remind you that one of the ways to encourage engagement on our LinkedIn pages is by sharing content. So as I dive into today's topic and I introduce you to today's special guest, I want to remind you that you can share this talk right now to your very own LinkedIn page to let your network know that you're listening, you're watching, and let your network know what you're interested in. And that may also help to boost engagement on your page. So as we dive into today's special show with our very special guest, go ahead and share the link for this show right to a post on your LinkedIn page and get your engagement up a bit. And today's topic is how to use A-B testing to increase your conversion rates up to 30% or even more. So that is going to be today's talk. I'll introduce our special guest in just a moment. But I also want to remind you to stick around because after today's talk with our guest, I will bring you our Engage Digital Marketing News piece of the week. And we're currently talking in a series of tips on how to get more engagement on your company, LinkedIn page. So if you're scratching your head wondering, how do I get more engagement on my company LinkedIn page? You definitely want to stick around for today's Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week. Awesome. I already see comments popping up in the comment section. So I do want to encourage you to join us. We are a global show. Leave your comments in the comment section. And as we get going into, into today's talk, if you have any questions for our guest, we are an interactive show. So pop those questions in the question and comment section below as well. Okay. Before I introduce you to our guest, I do want to mention that all of today's wonderful, insightful, indispensable information is brought to you by Engage. We are a free forever suite of premium communication, sales, and marketing tools to help you grow and scale your business and also help you boost your customer experience. Because in today's competitive marketplace, we all know that optimizing your customer experience is a big piece in the game. So here's a little information about what Engage can do for your company to help optimize your customer experience. We can help provide convenience for your customer by engaging customers where they are, whether that's on your website or different social media outlets. We can help build trust by personalizing engagement and product recommendations and our software, which is a cloud-based platform, 
is free and customers will love being able to message you and how quickly you'll be able to respond through our platform. Another opt, uh, um, not optimal, that's not the right word. One of our upgraded features as well that we launched just last month for our subscribers is something called Engage Live. Now, Engage Live is an opportunity for an optional upgraded service for you to purchase our production skills to help you create your own live stream, which is what we're doing right here today. We can help you with a proven show strategy. We can help you by giving you access to streaming software, create email, script, and media templates that we can provide to you. Maybe you need a show moderator, somebody to host your live stream show or conduct an interview. We can provide you with a show moderator. We can help promote the show, give you links to the repurposed video, and we're going to learn about analytics today and why they're so important. We'll also give you access to analytics. Now, why is live streaming so important in today's digital marketing era? Well, live streaming helps you build trust and sell more, engage with unlimited leads, and also, of course, expand your reach, which will help you scale faster. And then, of course, with analytics, you can track your results and grow smarter. And that is what today's guest is going to talk to us all about. Well, wow, we've got a huge turnout on LinkedIn Live. Make sure you share the link to this talk right now on your page with a post inviting your friends to come on in and meet today's special guest, whose name is Chris Daly. Now, if you don't know who Chris is, you need to. Chris is a digital marketing entrepreneur, a very much acclaimed speaker, and something he likes to call a neuromarketer, which we can maybe learn a little bit more about what that means when Chris gets into his talk. He gets really excited about helping businesses learn exactly what users want on their websites using psychology-based testing and analytics. His agency is called Smart CRO, and his agency is a full-service agency that helps companies run strategies to increase their website profitability. And that is something that we all want. I know Chris is going to agree. We want more revenue. We want more leads. We want to be profitable, but we also want to be more efficient as well. And these are all things that Chris helps his clients to achieve. Today, he's here to teach us how to use A-B testing to increase your conversion rates 30% or even more. Chris, welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs. Thank you for being our guest expert. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you. And for the audience tuning in, which I'm seeing it tick up, 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 up. It's growing. It's growing. Hi, Lisa. By the way, welcome to today's talk. Thank you for joining us and dropping us a comment. She says hello to you and hello to Steve. If you guys are joining us, make sure you leave your comments in the comment section. Uh, Chris just got back from an amazing vacation in Hawaii. Do you want to let everybody know where you're joining us from live today, though? Uh, today I'm joining from uh, just from my office in Lehigh, Utah. Um, it's a nice about 85 degrees outside right now. We've been getting blistered with heat, so <laughs> it was a great vacation. 
So he, he literally got in on a red, a red eye last night, and he's joining us today all the way from Utah. I'm broadcasting to you live from Wyzetta, Minnesota. We are a global show. Whether you're joining us from Brazil, the Netherlands, Africa, please drop us a comment in the comment section. Let us know where you're joining us from. We want to be as interactive as possible. Isabella just said, hola. Ooh, where do we want, where do we think she's joining us from with that big hola? Elizabeth. I mean, Isabella, let us know. Well, Chris, obviously I gave you a lovely introduction. I shared a little bit about your company, Smart CRO. But before we dive into talking all about A-B testing, will you share more with our audience about the path, you know, that led you to where you are today and led you to dive into your company, Smart CRO? Sure. And Without going into the whole story, I I never really kind of set out to be an entrepreneur. In fact, I was talking to my wife about this the other day uh, about how unlikely what I'm doing right now was 10 or 15 years ago. Um, my my first job in digital marketing was I was actually selling search engine optimization while I was in college. So I was working for an agency and um, you know and, and doing sales and of course search engine optimization is all about getting traffic to websites and i was just fascinated by the topic and i was uh really interested in digital marketing in general um and so i ended up applying for a job internally to do search engine optimization moved from sales to marketing and spent about three years doing search engine optimization um and i ended up in-house at a, at a company um, where I was, you know, fulfilling search engine optimization, generating traffic, getting our rankings up for Google, uh, for different Google search terms. And over the course of about six months had about tripled our organic traffic. So we had like a 300% increase. So all the charts were going up and to the right, or I guess this direction for the camera. Um, and so I went into a, a, a board meeting, um, presenting to the board, the CEO, all these big important people at the company I was at showing all these amazing graphs and somebody asked me well all of our traffic has gone up what did that do for our revenue uh and I was like a deer in the headlights I'm like I don't know I don't care about revenue I'm just I just care about traffic <laughs> and so we ended up digging into uh using analytics to dig into our um numbers and trying to figure out what had happened with all this traffic and it turns out our revenue had not gone up very much so we had gotten all of this traffic and very few conversions from it. And so I was sitting there scratching my head going, this is impossible. We got, I know that this is good traffic. What's happening with all of these people? And no one at the company I was at at the time could tell me, you know, the designers would tell me that our website looked fantastic. So of course it's not the design and our developers would tell us the site's not broken. We have a 99% uptime and you know, everything works great. Um, and you know, the marketers and the content people told us our content was great. So if everything's great, then why are people not converting? Right. And that was the question that just drove me absolutely bonkers. And so I did some research on Google. I discovered AB testing and conversion rate optimization and started poking around doing some stuff. I ran my first AB test at that company and improved conversion rates by about 20% on, on our first AB test. And as soon as I saw that, I was just, I fell in love with conversion rate optimization. The fact that we were able to that quickly generate an increase in conversions by doing something that actually my designer told me not to do. Uh, he told me that this, this idea that I had to test wasn't going to work. 
and it ended up working way better than what we were doing currently. And so that's, it, it just like grabbed me. And so I transitioned from doing search engine optimization to conversion rate optimization. I've been doing this now for about eight years. Um, and back in 2014, ended up starting my, my first uh, agency um, after I realized that there's not very many people that do conversion rate optimization um, and not many people who do it really well. And I, I had was constantly having people say, hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me do this? Uh, and so I ended up kind of going out on a limb, trying, trying a business out and, you know, been doing that for the last six years. Wow. Well, congratulations on the success. I love that you owned your moment of being questioned. Well, hey, did all these can, you know, all this traffic lead to more revenue? And you're like, you know what? I don't know, you know, because <laughs> the reality is, and I know everyone watching, there's so many people, I'm going to say hello to you all in just a minute and welcome you. But I know so many of us think, okay, we've done our homework, right? We, we figured out that we needed a website because you know, our target demographic is online and they are searching for whatever we're providing, right? So we've got our website and maybe we've hired the photographer to take the professional photos of the product or ourselves, or maybe we're even being smart about creating content, right? To have on the website, to make it engaging. But in actuality, what we're going to learn today is just because we do it doesn't mean it works or just because your website exists doesn't mean anyone's even seeing it. So we're so excited to have you here. And I do want to run through the incredible stream of comments that are coming in. Isabella with her hola is, is joining us from Miami. Welcome, Isabella. M Mostafa is joining us today from Istanbul. And he's watching on YouTube because we are right now simulcast to Facebook, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube. So that's fun to see. Rashmi joining us from, from India. She says namaste. Uh, Lisa joining us from Los Angeles. Again, welcome, Lisa. A LinkedIn user joining us all the way from Jamaica. This is incredible. Uh, Isabella comments, by the way, Chris. Yes, I'm on, I'm on the crossroads right now about starting my creative studio, and I'm literally feeling the way you felt. And let's see. Noman says, hello, Marissa and Chris. I am from Pakistan. Excited to join this session, and I want to learn from the experts Spencer Gray says, Chris is a CRO guru, definitely taking notes today. Spencer, get out that notebook or get your iPad powered up because I'm sure there'll be a lot of notes to be taken. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Well, listen, to keep us you know, all on the same page, because I'm sure there will be a lot of questions and maybe you already have some questions, we went ahead and created two really simple slides to kind of walk us through our talk with you, Chris. And for those of you at home, if it helps you, you're welcome to screenshot these slides as well, um, something to refer back to. But we'll start off our talk. Obviously, we're learning today how to use A-B testing to increase your conversion rates 30% or more. We'll start off our talk with Chris talking about why A-B testing, known as conversion rate optimization, is so important. And I think that's one question we all have. And as we've learned from Chris, it is. So we're going to find out why in just a moment. We'll also talk a little bit about how COVID has changed customer behavior. And we'll get into managing expectations, testing value prop propositions to stand out. And then we will get into getting started by A-B testing key pages on your website 
and Chris will walk us through the different things we need to do as we start to put A-B testing into play. So that is going to be our talk today. Let's start off though, Chris, and 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 share with us why A-B testing, CRO, is so incredibly important. Yeah. And let me start this out just by, um, I'm going to just tell a quick story. So I, I met, um, I met a, a company about six months ago or so, um, who were crushing it. They were selling a physical product to an e-commerce company, selling a physical product. They had started on Kickstarter and then transitioned to a traditional, you know, Shopify website and, um, and they were crushing it. They were doing really well. And, uh, and when I met them, I was introduced by, by a mutual contact we had. Um, they basically told me, well, things are going really well on our website right now. We're, uh, you know, we're converting people super well. We're making a ton of revenue on our site. So we pretty much have everything figured out <laughs> was, was the gist of their um, intro. And so, you know, they decided to try A-B testing. Um, I think more than anything, they were hoping to just validate that everything they were doing was awesome and wonderful. Um, and so, so the the first challenge that I had to overcome was actually their own uh, bias. Their their bias was everything we're doing is great. So how could we possibly improve anything? Um, the next challenge that we had to encounter was they had this this really great um, creative team that had spent a ton of time doing research in the uh, what they thought the customers wanted from the website. So they had this extensive presentation that they could give me into, well, we talked to all of these customers and they said they want this and this and this content. And they said that they need to see the content in this order on the website. And so here's why we put this stuff on the homepage. And here's why we put this stuff on our product pages. And here's why we have this information in our checkout flow. And so they had all of this stuff that, that sounded like data, but it wasn't data. It was, you know, all this stuff was anecdotal. It was just customers' opinions about what they thought they wanted. So they had all this stuff that that they thought was data backing up what they should be doing. And so their website, again, was in their minds, really great, data-driven, even though it wasn't. And, you know, and, and they um, felt really good about all the stuff they were doing, right? So second challenge was, uh, we have all of this information that says what we're doing is right. We have our opinions that, that, you know, make us think that what we're doing is right. And we're getting a ton of sales, which further reinforces that what we're doing is right. So how could anything possibly be better on their website? Right. <laughs> um, so we came in and one of the first tests that I like to run for my clients is what I call existence testing, where we go in and we test removing uh, strategically removing different elements on their website. So, you know, we'll go through the homepage and say, what are all the things that you have on your homepage? You have a hero banner, you have a video, you have all these different sections that, you know, all these different content sections that describe your product or service. So we went through and tested removing some of these things and uh, on, on various pages of their site. And come to find out on their product page, almost all of the content that they had on the product page was actually hurting conversion rates. Or in other words, when we removed stuff from their product page, conversion rates went way up. In fact, in one month, in our very first month of testing, and this is not typical for my clients, but um, in our very first month of testing, we made $100,000 in additional revenue just by removing things from their product page. 
So wow. we come in and go, okay, what are the things that were hurting conversion rates most? Well, some of the things were videos. The videos were actually really hurting conversion rates. They had information sections about their products. They had, um, aside from their main product image gallery, they had a bunch of other product images down below and those were hurting conversion rates. And the bottom line was all of this stuff that they thought was helping conversions actually wasn't. And so I came back and presented this data to them and said, hey, we tested your current site against this version that didn't have this image gallery and it converted 25% better. And the funny part was the creative agency that had designed the site came back and they were furious that I was even they recommending. They didn't want to hear it because in their mind, they did everything right. It's their baby. Grandma yes. said it looked good, right? Exactly. So no one wants to hear that what they are so proud of and what they worked hard on isn't as good as what you literally in their eyes came in and just snapped your fingers and judged it and in an instant improved it. That's so crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so in my mind, like this kind of demonstrates why CRO is so important. What CRO does is it cuts through all of the crap that we have as business owners, as marketers, all these assumptions that we build up about what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, even if you've done customer surveys or gotten customer feedback and built your site based on surveys or feedback, just because a customer says they want something doesn't mean that's what they actually need. Um, Harvard did an interesting study um, a while back that found that 90 to 95% of purchase decisions occur in the subconscious brain. Or in other words, when we're when we purchase something we're only aware of about five to ten percent of why we actually bought it the rest of it all of the stuff that really goes into us buying something is subconscious right so this is what, where that term neuromarketing comes in is cro in my opinion is about figuring out what is it that actually has to happen mentally for someone to purchase something what do they need to see what does the experience need to be like what is the you know order that they need to see things in in order for them to actually make a purchase decision or if you're a lead gen website in order to sign up for something. I love that. So you're saying 90% of what happens to make a purchase is actually happening in our subconscious. So hence the term neuromarketing and neuromarketer. One thing that I thought was so clever, smart, funny was when we first met on Zoom, Chris, you said you consider yourself and I wrote this down, a website gold miner, that you literally go to your clients' websites and you essentially dig for the gold. You go through piece by piece, dissect what's there. And as you just shared with us in that example, by running certain A-B tests, you can figure out what is working, what is not working, and you can really kind of cut through the BS, you know? So that's pretty incredible. Well and, and one of the things that I'll just add quickly on that, on kind of the gold mining analogy is what, what a lot of businesses do when I first start working with companies, a lot of times they have in their mind, like the thing that they should be working on to increase conversion rates. And, and it's often, you know, whatever their biggest competitors doing or some fancy new feature that came out on Shopify or WordPress or whatever. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, but, and the way that I relate that is, if you were mining for gold and you already have this assumption of this is the next big thing for my website, that's like going to some mountain and just digging a hole and just making a mine there, 
right? And the truth of the matter is you have no clue what's in that spot that you started digging in, right? You just like start digging a hole and there's very little chance you're gonna find gold. When gold miners go out to actually mine, they actually drill a bunch of holes all over a mountain. They drill little holes everywhere and they sample and find out where is the gold? And then they go and build the mine where the gold actually is. And so that's kind of what, what I do with testing. That's why I start with these removal tests is because I want to figure out what's the stuff that actually matters to customers. It's probably not the stuff that you think matters to your customers. Sometimes it is, uh, but more often than not, it's these, it's the littler things, the things that you might just think are a given on your website, or maybe things that you don't think are all that important. And once you find what those things are that move the needle on your conversion rates, then you can start testing the crap out of that stuff. And you can go and actually mine that gold. So you just answered the question, starting with your example and then kind of digging into it. The reason that conversion rate optimization is so important is because, well, A, we think we know what our clients and customers want, but in actuality, they're not always telling you what they want. And a lot of times they don't even know what they want because it's in their subconscious, right? So that's one Absolutely. of the reasons to test and why CRO is so important, but also as you just shared, because, and this is something we learned actually at Engage, when you're so close to your own project, right? You're in your platform all day, every day, like we are at our company, or you're on your website day in and day out. Sometimes when you're so close to something, it's hard to see everything. It's hard to see the big picture. It's hard to see it from your customer's perspective because you're so laser focused. So sometimes even just hiring somebody like Chris and his team to come in and look, it's fresh eyes. So you're going to get a whole different perspective. And obviously because of your specialty, Chris, for you, you know, you obviously have your, your way of doing things, but we can just be almost blinded when we're always looking at something because we look at it the same way and we never want to think we're doing something wrong. If grandma That's says right. it's a beautiful sweater, well, grandma better be right because it's grandma, right? When the <laughs> boss says the website's perfect, nobody's going to question that, right? So, That's right. Very, very good. Um, so many more comments. And don't forget, I'm going to get to all of you. So you are not forgotten, even if we get off onto our talk. So Abraham is actually joining us from Utah and says he, he should probably just pop over to your office while you're there, Chris. Abraham, do. double dog dare you. There's lots of windows. You can just give us a wave from behind Chris. <laughs> Roberto is joining us from Peru today. Thank you so much for joining us, Roberto. Jessica is joining us from Washington, D.C. And Isabella has a question. It seems like kind of a broad question, but I will pop it up. And Chris, you can let me know if you want to answer this now, or we can work this in a little bit later. But her question is, what is your advice on managing a lot of hats at once? Yes, that's one of the biggest challenges that I, that I find a lot of my clients facing, especially if you're at a, either a smaller company or if the digital marketing division of your company is smaller, you're going to end up wearing a lot of hats. You're going to end up having to manage content and social and ads and SEO and, you know, the website or whatever. Um, one of the things that I usually recommend when people are in that situation is one of the things I found with conversion rate optimization specifically is it is the easiest thing to put on the shelf and save for later, right? Because conversion rate optimization, I would consider it one of the optional 
uh, marketing activities. I don't view it as optional. I view it as a must have. But you know, when you go and report to the CEO and he says, how much traffic have we driven? PPC and SEO is not optional. We have to have traffic to our website. When you talk about website design and development, getting your site built, it's not optional because without it, you, ha you have no website, right? And without content, uh, you have nothing to market. And so there's certain marketing activities that us as marketers have in our brain as like must haves and must do's. And so when you're managing a lot of hats, it's easy to shelf things like conversion rate optimization. So my recommendation is uh, I have a couple of different things. Number one, set aside at least an hour every month that is blocked off. That's like sacred time for you to just build one A-B test every month. And that's, and that's all you need in order to build a very simplistic A-B test. Just set aside that one hour and it comes up every whatever, first Wednesday of the month. And that's your CRO time. And you do that every month. You build a test, you launch it, and then you come back to it next month. Um, if you can't do that, if let's say that you set aside that time, one or two months, and you don't do it, then hire somebody to do it. It's really easy. That's, that's where a lot of my clients end up hiring me is because they'll say, well, we started doing this on our own. And over the last year, we've run three A-B tests. And that's just, it just ain't gonna cut it. And so if you're not doing it, if it's something that you keep meaning to do and you're not, then hire somebody else to help you do it. Because when you hire somebody that's like an agency or consultant or whatever, that's their sole focus and they'll make sure it gets done. So those are kind of my two recommendations. Great tips. And Isabella, thank you so much for that question. If you guys have any other questions for Chris, make sure you drop them in the comment section so we can get to them during our interactive talk. Derek just shared that he loves listening to you, Chris, that you are the guy that started his entire CRO career. That's awesome. Thank you, Derek, for that wonderful comment. Uh, Desiree just commented, AB tests work great and also work quite well. And then Isabella just chimed in to say, yes, she's the creator, the marketer, the writer, the SEO, the lead generator. Ha, 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 ha. Yep. All the way to bed every night, right? I get it. A lot of us, especially as entrepreneurs, right? Small business owners, startups. It is very common for so many people in that world to be taking the risk. And part of that risk is wearing so many different hats. I do like your advice, Chris, though, about potentially stepping back and 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 delegating your 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 testing to somebody who does it so well uh you know a company like yours because at the end of the day it seems to me like if you know that you're really good Isabella at writing and you know you're really good at you know generating your leads it's my mom always taught me do what you know do what you can do right and do what you do best and leave the rest to somebody else who can do it better than you because ultimately that gives you more time to do what you do best, right? Yep, absolutely. Let's see. Colin says, what are the first things you do to develop a testing plan with a new client? Hey, that's a good question, but let's hold off on getting to that because um, I think the, the, the way that our talk is structured, we'll actually get to that in just a little yep. bit. So great question, Colin, stay tuned. Cause we're going to answer your question in just a moment. Let's talk now about how COVID has changed customer behavior, managing expectations in the view of scarcity and testing value propositions to stand out. How is, how have you seen COVID affect not only the 
digital marketing world around us, but you know, the business for your clients and the perspective of people when they are shopping, purchasing, looking at stuff online. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know COVID has pretty much changed everything. It's changed. Um, it's changed most business models, the way that you have to work and operate uh, with the constraints that COVID has put in place. It's changed the way that we work and it's changed where we work from and all these different things. So there's tons of things from, from a online behavior perspective. Here is what I've seen over the last year or year and a half. Um, when COVID hit, there was, um, a lot of my clients will tell me kind of the same story when COVID hit or right after COVID, um, there was just a huge influx of online, um, everything. People were signing up for everything online because you couldn't, uh, you, people were purchasing everything online because you couldn't find anything in the stores and you couldn't go to the stores and you couldn't do a lot of stuff. So people turned to online shopping. And so online e-commerce platforms had a huge spike, like record breaking sales. Most of my clients were record breaking sales last year by a long shot. And, um, and that was insane. And that caused a whole host of problems. Um, but it also created, you know, this, this massive new audience that you had, uh, for lead generation companies. If you were a services business, um, if you were a local services business, most local services businesses had customer, uh, customer outreach through the roof as well, because people are stuck at home. And so they're deciding to remodel their homes. They're deciding to, you know, get more furniture. They're deciding to, um, fix that, uh, sink that finally, you know, that's been broken for all these years or whatever. And so, you know, plumbers and painters and, um, construction people, I mean, all these different people had, had business through the roof. Um, and, and so there was, there was almost such a demand, such a huge influx of demand that businesses, a lot of my clients felt kind of invulnerable at that point where it was like, our biggest problem is we can't get product fast enough to service our clients. Right. And so mm -hmm. a lot of businesses kind of just assumed that that was going to persist. The problem is a lot of that didn't persist. Um, a, a lot of this in, initial influx, um, you know, things spiked and persisted for a few months, but then there was a bunch of problems that happened. Number one for e-commerce companies, uh, they had so much demand that they ran out of stock and inventory. And then it became hard to get stuff back into stock and back into, you know, your inventory. And so now they're having to, uh, sell fewer products or scale down their marketing spend so that they don't, um, so that they don't oversell product that they don't have. Um, you know, so there was all sorts of COVID limitations. I, I right? was say, I want to call it like the COVID conundrum because yeah. so many businesses experienced such a huge, huge surge of orders, but nobody was ready for that. And then on top of that, then you add the lockdowns and things shutting down and the logistics issues. I know my yeah. fiance and I are still waiting for a couch we ordered in March. Oh, yeah. March. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. And so, and we know that it was actually made and it was ready a month ago, but now it's still at the warehouse because the warehouse is so pushed back because of logistics issues. So it's really yep. quite incredible. So we'll call it this COVID conundrum. Um, so, so then what happened? So now everybody's kind of stuck. What did you see happen next when everybody had this big realization that, oh my goodness, I can't keep up. Logistics can't keep up. I can't get the product in. I can't sell as much even though I wanted to. Then what happened? 
Well, and and then to, I mean, just to add one more, um, you know, salt piece of salt in the wound was, you know, then Apple made all these changes to their privacy policies, and so now it's harder to advertise to people. Right now, it's it, you can't retarget people as easily, and so costs are going up to uh, acquire new customers, um, and so there's all sorts of and 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 then because demand was so high online a lot of companies have shifted their focus online and so now there's more competitors than you've probably ever had before in your business so there's more competition there's more um there there's high demand there's more costs um and and there's all sorts of challenges and so what most businesses have seen is over the last about six months this year um after the holiday wave uh, after the holiday spike of sales um, most of my clients have seen huge decreases in revenue, huge decreases in traffic, huge decreases in conversion rates. Um, and so that initial spike that we saw in conversions, you know, where like last year it was like, you could sell anything. You could sell like, you could sell a box of air to somebody and they would buy it just because <laughs> it's it. a COVID free air. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. I'll take five, one for every member of my family. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so where last year you were like invulnerable this year, it suddenly is, is harder than ever to, uh, to convert people and it's kind of course correct where things are. And so um, that kind of brings us to, so that's kind of what I have seen change. Customers are, have more options than they've ever had. Customers are kind of impatient because it's really hard to find product. And so there's, there's some impatience and yet there is sort of an expectation. Like you mentioned, you ordered a couch in March, you still don't have it. And and that's, unfortunately, that's kind of normal right now, normal. right? Where it's like, it, you just sort of recognize, I'm just gonna buy something and I might not get it until next year or whatever. Um, and so customers' expectations have changed. And so now it becomes our responsibility as marketers to go, okay, our customers' behavior is different. Their expectations are very different. Their number of options are dramatically have dramatically increased. And so us as marketers, we need to now shift our focus, whereas before it would be just, you know, getting our product out there and, uh, and talking about how great it is, now to addressing some of those customer um, expectations, some of those changes in customer behavior. So I could talk about a couple of specific stories that address some of those um, issues or, or things that marketers can do, but I don't. I don't know if you have any any specific questions or comments on on kind of the the COVID conundrum that we just outlined. COVID conundrum. Well, what does it mean the testing value propositions to stand out? What is what is that? What is that? Yeah. So so a value proposition in my mind is anything that makes you unique different or makes your product beneficial, your product or service beneficial, right? So that's what I mean when I talk about a value ah, proposition. And so, so now, when- I get it. So now because of the way things have changed, because we have to manage customer and consumer expectations, but also because customers have so many choices, now part of your CRO AB testing is finding ways, testing different ways for people to stand out because now there are so many choices and you need to stand out, right? Yes. To, to get hits and to convert. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so I mean, if I ask any marketer, what are your value propositions? Any marketer could give me a list of 20 or 30 value propositions. It's like, well, we have the best, this, this you know, blue widget and it's made in the USA and it's, um, it's organic and it's, 
um, you know, and we have free shipping and we have free returns and we have satisfaction guarantee and we have um, a five star, uh, you know, we have five star average reviews on Google and whatever. Like you could just start listing off all of the things that make you awesome and unique. And we have world class customer service and this this award and that award. Um, and, and all of those things are great. And before, like last year when COVID hit, you could put any of those value propositions on your site and somebody would just buy your product. And it, it almost didn't even matter. It was like, as long as you had value propositions on your website, as long as you mentioned that your product was great, somebody would buy it. Now though, because you have more competitors than you've ever had, customers aren't just going to buy anything you have just because you say to buy it. Now there are specific things that will move the needle for your customers. So I'll just give an example. Um, a lot of times my, my clients will tell me, oh, this is our most important value proposition. Uh, the number of color options that we have, you know, we sell apparel and the number of color options that we have is 20% more than our competitors. So we have way more customizable options than our competitors do. And yet we'll test removing their color, like their color selector and conversion rates will go up and it's like, okay, so the number of color options mm -hmm. that you have is actually not what really matters to your customers. But hey, we put free shipping on your product page and, and conversion rates went through the roof. And so free shipping is more important than the number of options that you have to your customers or vice versa. The opposite might be true. Your customers might not care at all about free shipping or your free returns policy or whatever. And what they care about is the specifications of your product, the colors of your product, the sizing of your product, whatever it is. Um, and so when, when I do, um, when I do value proposition testing for my clients, what I usually look at is I will look at a sales page. So look at your product page, look at your landing page, where, like wherever you're trying to get people to convert. Mm -hmm. And I will look at the above the fold experience, or in other words, when you very first get to that page, the stuff that you can see without scrolling on either mobile or desktop, there's usually, you're usually going to have at least one value proposition in that above the fold section. If you don't have, a, a value proposition above the fold, then that's the first thing that you should test is putting that's something the above problem, the fold. Right. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But, yeah. but if you have something above the fold, then what I usually start with testing is, okay, what is the value proposition that we have here right now? Let's just define it. So free shipping, um, best in class, um, you know, whatever, five stars, best customer Chris Taylor awarded it the five out of five stars, exactly. <laughs> So you take that and you say, okay, that's one value proposition that you have. And so one thing that I have my clients do is list out all of your value propositions. So make a list of all the things that make you unique, make you awesome, make customers want to purchase you, um, make you better than your, your competitors or whatever. And then just start creating some A-B test variations where, okay, this one is our best, our, our great reviews. The second variation of my product page is going to focus on our free shipping, so the third variation is gonna focus on our free returns, and so on and so forth, and you end up with whatever, five or six different versions of your sales page, that each focus on, above the fold, one specific value proposition. And what I have seen is these tests over the last year, the mileage, like the amount of impact that you get from one of these types of tests has doubled or tripled in the, in the amount of impact these types of tests have for my clients. I have value proposition tests where we'll just swap, swap out a value proposition and conversion rates will increase by 20% just by switching out that initial value proposition you see on your, on your sales page. So this is, this is super, super important for you to figure out 
if there's one thing that I say to my customers when they first get to this sales page, what is the what is the most important first thing that I should be saying about my product? Perfect. And that makes complete sense because what do you want your customer to know? It is the most important thing about your product, right? Um, we just got a great comment. So I want to share that. It's so so nice. AJ Wilcox just shared that you are his favorite marketer. And if you guys AJ's my there, favorite marketer. Oh, I love it. Same, same, AJ. Chris says, same, same. You know, if you don't know who AJ is, he's actually the world's leading authority on LinkedIn ads through the agency that he founded called B2 Linked. So if you don't know who AJ is, it's really quite amazing that you are joining us today, AJ. Uh, which reminds me, you know, speaking of LinkedIn, we're going to share Chris's contact information at the end of our talk here in just a little bit. This is a great time for us all to connect, to network, to share experiences with each other. So if you haven't yet connected with Chris, we'll share his information shortly. If you've not yet connected with us, engage and checked out our platform. Let me just quickly, quickly pop up our website for you guys so you can screenshot this and check it out after our talk. It's www.engage.com. And then our LinkedIn is going to be, our company page is also Engage. And on our company page, we'll also keep you posted on details of all of our future talks. And if you're just joining us now and maybe you missed the beginning of our talk today with Chris, we'll also share the replay of today's talk on our Engage company page as well. AJ, thank you so much for joining us and for that great comment. Um, Chris, you already dived in a little bit or dove in, I think is the proper English, uh, to what we're going to do to get started with A-B testing on our websites. And you talked first about this idea of, you know, putting in a list our top, you know, propositions, you know, the top things that are really the bragging points, right, about our, our products. Uh, let me go ahead and pop up for our viewers our banner here or our, our slide. So let's talk just a little bit more about this. So making lists of elements on your product or landing page, as you mentioned, I mean, you kind of already went through this with the idea of the propositions, but is there anything else you want to talk to in regards to getting started with A-B testing on your website? Um, and then obviously I love that we're asking you, when do we stop testing? And you're like, never. Uh, but do you want to share anything else in terms of how to get yeah. started with A-B testing on your website? Yeah. And, and I think there was a question earlier about where do I typically start when I'm, when I'm engaging with clients and, yeah, and so the me, first, um, yeah, it was, let's, let's go ahead and pop that up. Cause I think that's a great question to get us to this point. What are the first things you do to develop a testing plan with a new client? Yeah. So, the, so actually the first thing that I do is I decide what pages am I going to test? So, um, you know, if you have a, an e-commerce website, if you have a lead generation website, there's a variety of different pages that you could test. You don't want to test every page. Uh, and, and in fact, you probably don't want to test the pages that you think you should test. Um, a lot of times I'll have clients that come to me and say, Oh, let's test our checkout page first. Um, and the checkout page is not a great place to start testing. Um, even though it's at the bottom of the funnel and you would think that would, that would be a great place to increase conversion rates, checkout pages are really hard to increase conversion rates on. And they typically get, uh, the least amount of traffic of any page on your site. 
And so you, what I typically do is I start with the top two or three pages that get the most traffic. So a lot of times that's your homepage, your landing page, your sales page, whatever it is. And then something like your product pages um, or something like that. So, so you want to decide what pages should I test based on what pages get the most traffic because that's where you have the most eyeballs. That's where you can make the biggest impact. And then the second thing I do is like, like you had on your bulleted list there, I make a list of all of the elements. So all of the sections of content on a page. Okay. So I mentioned the removal tests where I test removing content on a page. That's where I'll just go through and I'll say, okay, the first section that I have on my homepage is my hero banner. The second section that I have is my accolade section where I mention how many reviews I have and all the news outlets I've been featured on. And the third section I, this third content section I have is my video and so on and so forth. So you end up with a list of eight or 10 sections of your homepage. Okay. So, and again, I'm just using homepage as an example, but list out all the elements and then use an AB testing tool. So I love using Google optimize. Google optimize is a free AB testing tool. You can install on your website. It uses Google analytics uh, for its tracking and analytics. Uh, and so it's really reliable. It's, it's just a really great tool. So um, get an A-B testing tool installed on your site. It takes about five minutes to install Google Optimize on your site. So it's not a difficult tool to get going with. Um, and then kind of use that list of elements that you have and build an A-B test where you go through and remove each section of your homepage on a different variation. So you're going to basically build out different vari variants of your homepage. So you'll have your existing homepage, and that's going to be your original version, your, your control variation. And then you're going to build, you're going to copy it inside of Google Optimize. It's just going to let you click a button that says add a variation. You're going to add a new variation. And the first variation is going to be whatever the first section of content is you have. So variation one is removing my hero banner. Variation two is removing my news and accolade section. Variation three is removing my video, et cetera. And you end up with whatever, five different versions. Yes, question. <laughs> question from the audience. Yes. How do the different versions, do they get managed by the Google Optimize? Like I go to the, the page and I get a version that's just auto-generated for me. Is that how yeah, that Yeah, good works? question. So, so yeah, good question. So, so number one, um, Google, you actually build the versions of your pages inside of Google Optimize. So you're not gonna be building these in Shopify or in WordPress or wherever. You'll build them in Google Optimize. And then what Google will do is by default, it will it will randomly distribute people between all the versions of, of the page that you create. So you'll end up with your original website. You'll And then you'll have a version where you remove your hero banner and a version where you remove your video. So let's just say that we have those three total uh, number of versions that you could see on a website. So what Google will do is one out of every three people will see your original website. One out of every three will get served up the version that has the video removed. And one out of every three will get the version that has the hero banner removed. And so Google is going to randomly distribute traffic between these, which again, that's, that's your, um, that's your scientific method there of, of, making sure that you have, you know, some randomization in there and that you, it's, it's a blind test. Yes. Right? It's, a, it's a, a blind test in there. So people don't know that they're being tested. 
And then you track and you see how much revenue do each of them generate, right? And so over the course of a month, you'll say our original website generated $10,000 in revenue. Our version without the hero banner generated $15,000 in revenue or whatever. And so, hey, we know exactly how much of an impact that hero banner had, right? Brilliant. And so that's, that's what you're going to want to do as you get started. Make that list. Go in and just start building versions where you remove sections of content from your homepage. That's the drilling the holes around the mountain to find out where your gold is, right? That's, mm -hmm. you're going to get a sense for what's the stuff that matters on my page. What's the stuff that moves the needle when I, if, if I remove something and conversion rates go up, well, then that's a really easy winner. I just go and remove that thing from my site. And hey, now I have a better converting website. If I remove something and conversion rates go down, that means I've just struck gold, right? I found some gold in the, in the, mountain and now i'm gonna go and test that thing so if i found out that removing my accolades that has all my news and media mentions if if i remove that and conversion rates drop i know that our, my customers care about my accolades they and so now i'm gonna go in points. right yeah, they so, want all that juicy goodness so my next test is gonna be let's test how many accolades we should display should we only have one or two or seven or 12 or whatever should i have a customer review there or a big fancy logo or whatever and so you're gonna that's the that's the mining for gold let's find out exactly what my customer wants there makes me think back to i there was a video game where you mined for like lemmings or something weird oh yeah i love this <laughs> mining for gold because how you know what information we always say information is the key right information is success information um so the more testing you do the more little nuggets of information or the nuggets of gold you get that you can put in your basket and then ultimately you can make all the adjustments to your website with all those different nuggets of gold take out all those lumps of coal right and then you have this website that's just converting faster than uh faster than you can mine for the gold. Ooh, it gets me excited. Hey, David Malcolm, by the way, says, nice work today on the show, Chris, and it's great to learn from you again. Thanks, David. You guys, we popped in that tool into the chat. And if you did not get a chance to jot that down, it is called Google Optimize, a suggestion from Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, we are starting to wrap up our time together. So I want to encourage you, if there's any last questions you have for Chris, now is the time to drop them in the comments section. I do have a question from Chris Bradley. He would like to know, how long does it take for you to review a particular website's conversion rate analytics? Well, so there's, I think, two pieces of that question. One is, when I initially start working with a client, when we're kind of doing an initial analytics review to get a sense for what's happening on the website right now. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you'll take, you'll take a couple of days to do something like that and just dig in to the data that you have. Um, but once you have an, a sense for kind of what's happening on the website, the second piece to that question is how long does it take uh, to get good data from a test, right? To get good analytics data from a test that usually in my experience, depending on how much traffic you have, it'll take somewhere between two and four weeks. So you'll let a test run between two to four weeks and you'll get, uh, Google Optimize is gonna calculate a statistical significance or a, a chance to be a, a winner. Um, and that is, that's gonna, again, what, usually I look for like a 90% or better um, 
statistical significance. And that will usually happen over the course of two to four weeks. So that you'll, you'll like I said, you'll just let the test run, let it gather data for a few weeks. And then once you have that statistical significance, you'll end the test and implement your winner and go from there. Love it. And and remember, implement the winner, but it's always keep testing. It's like a exactly. always be closing from our, our movie back movie buffs back in the day. That's um, right. Question from Spencer Gray. How do you convince a client that a small test is really impactful when they want a more attractive, you know, shiny gold bells and whistles kind of test? Yes. And that's, that is um, definitely a challenge, Spencer. And what I think what Spencer means with like a more attractive test, it's whenever you have a new CMO that comes in, they always want to push a big website redesign, right? Big website redesigns are really exciting. They sound really exciting. They sound really sexy. And, and it sounds like a really great idea. And so that's a lot of times when companies work with agencies, they want that big idea. They want that big, um, you know, big, shiny, sexy, new thing that they can do. It's part of the well, rebrand, right? And it's part of yeah. that CMO wanting to take ownership and say, look what we've done, right? And look, yep. you know, it's a big part of the ego as well. So what I say to my clients is, listen, before we do one of these big, huge, attractive uh, initiatives, let's first find out what actually matters to our audience. Because if we go and do a big website redesign tomorrow, we don't have the slightest clue what people actually want on our website. We're just gonna be putting lipstick on the pig, you know, so to speak. And so let's first go through and run some of these existence tests. Let's go through and refine some of these things. Let's find out what actually moves the needle. Because in my experience, I, I actually see about 80% of the conversion gains that I see with my clients are from smaller tests. The bigger tests are usually uh, not as impactful and they usually don't hit the mark because again, we're not, we're not even exactly sure what we're doing. We're just going and building a new gold mine somewhere and it's not really based on any data. So that's kind of how, what I say to my clients is before we do any of those big initiatives, let's first test the smaller things. Let's get the specific nuggets of information and then we can compile all of those together into a bigger website initiative. That makes total sense. Great questions. Great, great questions, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, Abraham has another question. So you mentioned existence testing and value proposition testing. What are the other test types you have found to be most valuable? So one thing that, um, and I'll just be quick in the interest of time. One thing that is super valuable is what I call ordering tests, where you're testing what content should people see first and then second and then third and fourth and so on on a page. So ordering tests are really, really helpful. So once you've removed all the stuff that hurts your conversion rates, then you're going to want to test what should be first on my page? So I'm going to test five different versions of my page where each of the sections is up at the top, right? Or is second or third or fourth. So I'm going to test what order all the content should be in. Those are extremely impactful tests. And then the other thing that I find that is really impactful is what I would call promotion testing. So if you have a site-wide promotion, 30% off, um, whatever, uh, get a free quote or whatever, how do I display that site-wide promotion? What color should it be? What should it say? Should it display on every page of the site or only on the home page or only on a product page? Um, those types of tests are really, really impactful. Testing what exactly you say and do with your uh, website promotions. Sorry, it looks like you're muted. 
I am muted. How about that? I need to <laughs> test my mic before I go. Um, great question, Abraham. And this is just so fascinating to me because personally, I don't have a website that, you know, this relates to, but it, it just, it's fascinating because it's scientific. And up until today, I always thought of websites like you described them at the beginning as these shiny, happy places where if you build it, they will come, you know, and at the end of the day, we now know that there is a science behind it. And by using A-B testing um, analytics and these different tests that Chris is sharing with us, it's actually easier than I thought to go in, mine for the gold and and have literally a gold fountain and create a gold rush, if you will. I just love that analogy, Chris. Uh, Colin says, great stuff as always, Chris. You know, hey, speaking of gold rush, I just got a a phone call. That's why I was muted that my couch is being delivered tomorrow. Yes. Yes. So maybe this was some good luck in this, uh, in this talk today, but I put it into the universe. Thanks. We waited. They heard me speaking to them. Yes. The the COVID conundrum hopefully is coming to an end soon. Um, You know, you guys, I'm seeing a lot more questions. I will pop them up quickly, but I do need to let you know, we need to start to wrap up our show with Chris. Um, So Abraham has one more question. I'll get to that in a moment. He also says, thank you for that last answer, but let's answer this quick question from Rashmi because it's, I think a simple question. He wants, Rashmi wants to know, does A-B testing really only work for high traffic websites or do they work for any and all websites? No, no. A-B testing is good for any website to do. So, I mean, you you should start testing as soon as you start getting traffic to your website. Um, it's just the more traffic you get, the more tests you can run, right? Because the more traffic you get, the faster you'll be able to get statistically significant results. Um, the other thing I'll say is if you have a low traffic website, you should run fewer test variations. And so, um, you know, for a high traffic site, I'll run four or five or six different test variations on a single test. Um, If you have a lower traffic site, anything under than like maybe 10,000 visitors a month, I would consider like a lower traffic site. Um, Then you probably only want to run maybe two or three different test versions at a time. That way you're splitting your traffic fewer ways. Um, and also, I just want to say, I'd be happy to answer if anyone else has any specific questions um, that they would want to reach out to me for. I'd be happy to respond to questions either on LinkedIn or if people want to uh, reach out to me via email. Uh, my email is, is chris at smart-cro.com. Um, and so I, I'd be happy to answer other questions people have. And I do want to encourage our audience to connect with Chris after our show. Due to time, we do need to wrap this up. So you guys connect with Chris on LinkedIn. His LinkedIn link is there. It's Chris, C-R-I-S, daily, D-A-Y-L-E-Y. Connect with him and please message him when you you know ask for the connection. Let him know you saw him on the Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence webinar or talk. That way he knows exactly the information he's already shared with you and he can better help you with any questions you might have. And let's talk about what our audience can find on your website, smart-cro.com, Chris. That is obviously the company you founded. That's right. Yeah. And and so, I mean, if anyone is interested in kind of seeing what an engagement with uh, you know, what my company would look like. I do free conversion um, audits for websites. And so uh, if someone wanted to go onto my site and fill out the form, I'd be happy to take a look at the site, give some recommendations, and then I can kind of put together and give an idea of what engagements, uh, you know, what engagements look like. 
Awesome. Uh, a few more questions. I just want to say, Noman, we did answer the question you asked, and, and uh, his question was, how long do you need to run an A-B test for some dependable results? And Chris did mention two to four weeks is a nice chunk of time. And so I hope that is helpful to you. And just another quick question. I think you can just chime in. Um, the question is, would A-B testing be recommended for a startup company? And I just think that answer is obvious. I think we learned a lot today, Chris, um, about the idea. And again, relating uh, CRO to you know mining for gold, being strategic, figuring out what works versus what doesn't. And if you're a startup company, in my opinion, I think, Chris, you'll agree, that's a perfect time to start the right way. If you're going to put a lot of effort into your website, let's make sure your website is filled with golden nuggets, right? Why waste time? And also, if you're in startup mode, you hopefully have a lot less assumptions than a bigger, more established company does. So it's a great time to go, let's found our culture around testing instead of around assumptions. Perfect. So many thank yous. Isabella says, thank you. Rashmi said, thank you. And the last comment I get, and I actually want to leave, leave with this because this might always happen. Keenan says, what if I get contradicting results? And to that, I'm going to answer for Chris, but Chris, feel free to chime in. I just say, then you just do more testing, right? Always be testing, yep. do more testing, right? 100% agree. Awesome. Gosh, I learned so much. I feel like a, a gold mining uh, CRO nugget uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I've got a badge or something from our talk today. You guys, <laughs> Ali says, thank you, Chris. You're a legend. Ali, thank you so much. Or Ali, I want to make sure I say, say your name right. Uh, Desiree says, thanks, Chris and Marissa Morgan. Can you please share Chris's LinkedIn page again? And I will do that. We'll let Chris go, you guys. I don't want you to go anywhere, though. I'm going to share a very quick tip for our Engage News of the Week. If you want to connect with Chris, you can do so. It's Chris Daly, C-R-I-S, last name Daly, D-A-Y-L-E-Y. -E connect with him, and you can also visit his website as well. And then, Chris, would you like to share your email just one more time for everyone? Yeah, it's chris at smart-cro.com. So feel free to reach out, email my website or LinkedIn, either Either or all of them are good. Perfect. Everybody is saying thank you so much. Keenan says thank you. Uh, Noman says thank you. And nice to be with an expert. Noman, I couldn't agree more. Chris, I learned so much from you today. I want to thank you so much for hopping off a red eye from Hawaii and sharing your time with us. I will let you go. But you guys, please connect with Chris. And uh, Chris, I'll bid you adieu and invite everybody else to stick around for just another 60 seconds with me while I share our Engage News of the Week. Awesome, thanks again for having me on. Chris, thank you so much. You guys, wasn't Chris such an amazing guest expert today? I really do feel like we all just earned our CRO, like Boy Scout or Girl Scout badge of honor. We learned so much. And that's what this show is all about. We have this bi-weekly show produced by Engage to give you insights, actionable takeaways, advice, knowledge. It's all about continued education because as I shared earlier, information is power. And when you're building out your websites, whether you're an entrepreneur 
or you're just starting your company, doesn't it make sense to start the right way, right? With all these great nuggets of gold, figure out what works and get the conversion started right away. That's what it's all about. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Don't go anywhere though. Right now, quickly, I'll make this quick. We've got our Engage Digital News of the Week. So this week's tip is the fourth tip in a five-part series on how to get the most of your LinkedIn company page. Now, through analytics, we talked about analytics today, which you can access at the top of your page, you can view detailed aggregated data about the demographics and the traits of your followers and visitors from either desktop or mobile apps. In addition, you'll also be able to identify page followers so that you can view their profiles and message them to move them down your buying funnel. You'll also be able to identify which of your posts and updates are driving the highest engagement. And then with these insights in hand, you'll be able to continually optimize your page for better audience alignment with regards to post as well as paid ads. And if you missed it, AJ Wilcox, who is essentially the leading authority on LinkedIn ads, was actually in our talk listening in today. So check out AJ Wilcox, the B2 LinkedIn or linked agency, B2 linked agency on LinkedIn, if you haven't connected with him as well. You guys, today was such an incredible talk. All of this valuable information is brought to you by Engage. We are the world's only free forever suite of premium communication, sales, and marketing tools. So check out our platform. There's great tools like a one inbox where you can stream all of your messages, whether they come from social media or your website or your email. We also have a program called um, Engage Live, which offers you tools to have engage, produce your own live stream. And we all know that the power of video and live stream right now is one of the top things you can invest in to go ahead and get more conversions and more engagements and obviously more leads and more revenue. Uh, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us and letting us know you enjoyed the show. Also, Jessica says thank you to Marissa and Chris. Jessica, you are welcome as well. Listen, I want to encourage you guys to visit the Engage LinkedIn page where you'll find more information on our upcoming shows. Tune in Thursday for our guest expert, Peter Dickinson, will be joining us from the UK and he'll answer the question, what's a digital marketing strategy? And he'll teach us why a digital marketing strategy is critical for growth in your business. So make sure to follow our page on LinkedIn to be notified of upcoming shows. And of course, if you have any sort of questions about the Engage platform, or perhaps you are interested in being a guest on our show or have a topic suggestion, I encourage you to go ahead and email me at marissa.m at engage.com. You guys, thank you so much on behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage. I want to thank you so much for joining our show. Please connect with myself, connect with Engage, and of course, please connect with our guest today, Chris daily. Have a wonderful afternoon and we'll see you all back here on Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern.